Come on in, sit back, relax, and listen to episode 153 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And our topic for this month is turnkey asset management platforms, better known as TAMPs. Now, we chose this topic because the TAMP market is one of Ezra Group's core areas of expertise. We conduct research on the TAMP market, as well as provide technology and strategy consulting to TAMPs, as well as the wealth management firms that outsource to TAMPs. We're a full service provider to the entire ecosystem. So if you are a CXO for a TAMP, broker-dealer, enterprise, RIA, or fintech provider, and need some advice and guidance on wealth management technology, you should run, not walk, to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can help with RFPs, software implementations, evaluations of your current platform, and more. You can take advantage of our free consultations by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. Now, today's guest is Natalie Wolfson, who took over the reins at AssetMark from Charles Goldman last year when they had around $75 billion in AUM. Now, since Natalie has been in charge, they've grown their assets to over $100 billion and made a number of acquisitions, uh, including TAMP Adhesion Wealth, that they purchased from Vestmark, which we covered in our interview. Now, a couple of quick housekeeping notes before we continue. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to check out our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. You can find them at investinothers.org. And now, let's kick this thing off. I'm pleased to introduce our guest for this episode. It is Natalie Wolfson, CEO of AssetMark. Natalie, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so happy you can make it. We had to do some scheduling gymnastics to get you here. I know you're a busy person. Got a lot going on. Uh, so again, thank you for, for being here. Uh, where are you calling in from? I am calling in from uh, Northern California. Uh, Asimark's headquartered in Concord, California, and I live about 20 minutes away. Excellent. It's a beautiful area. I love that. love that area. I live in New Jersey, but whenever I get a chance, I'd like to go to that part of California. What part of New Jersey? I used to live there. I'm in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, near Philadelphia. All right. I used to live in Montclair. Oh, it's up north, but yeah. It's also a nice area. It is. It's all good. I love New Jersey. Come back anytime. You're welcome. I'm, I'm the <laughs> ambassador to New Jersey. Yeah. All right. So let's let's let us jump right in. Can you please give us a 30-second elevator pitch, Natalie, on Asimark? So Asimark is a uh, outsource provider for um, investment advisors, independent fee-based investment advisors. We provide technology, business consulting. Uh, asset management, curated asset management, uh, and other resources to help advisors of all size compete. Um, in a nutshell, if an advisor has a need uh, or spends their time on activities that aren't to the benefit of investors, AssetMark invests in those activities so that advisors can redeploy that time to serve investors. As a result, we have a technology platform that's built for purpose for investment advisors to save them time and create great conversations with their clients. We have a set of investments that have been heavily diligenced and curated so advisors can uh, rely on that diligence and spend that time with their clients. Um, and we have a broad array of service and support and consulting uh, so that advisors uh, know that they can have confidence in what we provide to them and spend their time with their clients. And technology has always been a, a big part of AssetMark's 
um, service and asset marks value proposition. And you actually led the tech development team before you became CEO. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, before I became CEO, I was in charge of all product development, uh, including technology and also uh, investments, product development and consulting product development, uh, as well as a, a array of other things, including strategy. So um, I love technology and uh, really almost from the beginning of my career have worked in technology product development, starting with sales effectiveness, um, moving towards uh, trading and um, wireless trading uh, at Schwab, then building investment platforms uh, at Pershing, and then finally uh, with AssetMark, um, making sure that our eWealth Manager platform met the needs of advisors. Um, and during my time uh, leading product development, obviously in partnership with our CIO, Mook Mehta, um, we added portfolio analytics services to our site. We streamlined a lot of our processes. Um, we um, integrated um, investment analytics with uh, purchase as well as um, research. Um, and now we have a technology platform that really forms the basis of how advisors who use AssetMark interact with their clients. Yeah, it's really an, an interesting um, transition how you guys have built out the platform over time, the eWealth Manager platform, and uh, you know, watching it take shape over the years. Um, so in your tech stack, you know, you're very purposeful about how you build it. So can you talk a little bit more about the specific components, like, the, like you, when you launched the portfolio construction, the portfolio engine tool, what made you think, feel that that was an important thing that you needed to own rather than outsourcing another company? You know, it's interesting. Um, we determine what it is we need to focus on our own based on two categories. The first category is we feel like we can help save advisors time and help them scale. And then the second is we can create a great conversation between the advisor and the investor so that the investor knows that their portfolios, that their financial plan um, meet their needs over the long term. So that in markets like the one we're in now, where things are a little uh, choppy and uncertain, the investor isn't as, uh, as frightened about the environment and understands exactly why the portfolio is in place. And so over time, what we've done is we've taken a look at um, advisors' use of technology, which is quite high, versus their faith um, and uh, their, their belief that the technology is adding um, value or saving them time, which is actually really low, 50, base, uh, I'm sorry, 50 uh, full points below 90% feel like 90% uh, use or leverage technology and only 40% feel like the technology has any uh, benefit to them. So what we try to do is we try to erase that 50 points. And the way we do it is we engage with advisors who use AssetMark and don't. And we ask them, you know, what technology, you know, could we use to, uh, could we deliver that would support uh, great conversations with your clients and save you time? And over time, as you know, we, we build out the asset market platform, you know, you move from one project to the other, but a couple of things are, are really clear. When we launched Portfolio Engine, the reason we chose to, to own it rather than buy it is it was clear to us that most portfolio analytics tools only gave a surface understanding um, and at the holdings level. We needed to have, the, our, our advisors needed the ability to build portfolios and to build portfolios of strategies and models. And, um, and they needed to be able to do that in a way that was highly interactive with the client, 
where the advisor could show the implications of choices that uh, clients were making in terms of taking on more risk or taking on less risk over the long term. And uh, there just wasn't a tool in the marketplace at the time that we felt did this for uh, portfolios like ours. And you know, one of the toughest conversations an advisor needs to have with their client when building portfolios is, you know, if you take less risk, because humans tend to be risk averse, we, we feel the impact of loss twice as much as we do of gain. Um, you know, you have to be able to show them that by being so risk averse, they're um, they're impairing their ability to succeed over the long term, or um, they can succeed over the long term. And so that's what Portfolio Engine does. It shows max drawdown. It shows overall implications for the performance of the portfolio over time. It shows how long uh, the drawdown persists um, so that investors and advisors can have real conversations about choices they need to make to achieve their goals. Um, now, we also wanted to make sure that investors could interact with that type of uh, analysis. And so we had to build an investor portal, which showed portfolios and showed drawdowns and showed other things over time to make sure that investors could check in and advisors had a digital um, venue to have conversations with their clients. In addition to that, we needed to make sure that advisors had the ability to select investments. And so we needed to build out our investment selection. Again, each of these areas of our site um, represented areas of a lot of time and effort for the advisors um, and areas where we could add to their conversation uh, with their investor. And Asimark, of course, has, you, you are both a supermarket of providers of managers and models, as well as your own models that you provide. So you offer both through your, your, your portfolio construction tool. Yeah, so at Asimark, you're, you're half right. Um, at Asimark, we absolutely have a blend of third party and proprietary. We believe in competition. And so we want to make sure that, you know, our advisors always have choice. They, you know, and, and we don't advantage our proprietary investment solutions in any way to the third party investment solutions. That's really a decision between the advisor and the investor. Um, and we'll only develop our own proprietary investment solutions if we feel we can, we have insights into the advisor relationship because of what we know about them because of our broader relationship. Uh, or we feel like we can do it less expensively. But competition is a good thing and we don't advantage our solutions one way or another. So in that way, you're right, mix of third party and proprietary. We are, however, not a supermarket. Um, again, one of the benefits of working with AssetMark is we diligence the investment solutions to make sure that we have any investment area that an advisor needs to serve their client needs. But within each area, we have say two to four options. Um, so that the advisor spends less time kind of uh, curating each investment category and instead starts from a place where we feel like we have the best view. Yeah, I was going to use, curate, use the word curated as well. So yeah, you, you've, you've curated op options available for advisors. That's right. Excellent. One, one well, thing I will, I will note with that is some advisors... Um, don't need or want the curation. And we've just announced an acquisition of Adhesion Wealth. It has not closed yet, um, but Adhesion is more of a supermarket. And so for those advisors who feel that part of their value proposition for part of client portfolios is to, uh, do, that, uh, to do that curation on their own or to build from a broader set, um, if and when the Adhesion deal closes, we'll have that option for advisors as well. So will you be leaving Adhesion Wealth standalone or are you going to be integrating it into your existing platform? So uh, a little bit of both. Adhesion will be standalone. 
um, because they serve a different uh, need than core Asimark does. Um, even so, uh, we feel that there's a tremendous amount of power in bringing the Asimark and adhesion solutions together. And so for those advisors who want part of their portfolios to be managed by themselves and part of the portfolios to be curated, we'll make sure that that experience is a unified one. Um, but from an operations uh, and from an operating uh, perspective, it will stand alone. That's always a difficulty, trying to keep the yeah. advisor experience seamless, but make sure the back end is unified and giving, you know, keeping the things that work, letting them run independently so they don't lose the magic that they had and still get gaining scale in the back end. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me that the, the best way to do that is to keep your eye on the client. And there's no question that there is a type of client that adhesion serves uh, that has no need for curation, just like there is a type of client that Avoyant, our financial planning system serves, that has absolutely nothing to do with US fee-based financial advisors. They have clients in the UK and Canada and Australia. Um, and so when you're focused on the client, it makes a lot of sense internally and externally to keep these business units separate because their client needs are separate. Uh, at the same time, that doesn't mean that in the US, fee-based financial advisors wouldn't benefit from Voyant's financial planning expertise and, an, uh, and a robust integrated experience. And the same thing's true of adhesion. So um, just focus on the client and my view is it all works out. So is that one of the reasons why you acquired adhesion because you saw the need for a supermarket? Yeah, we, we definitely, we want to serve RIAs with outsourced solutions that help them improve the quality of service they give to investors as well as grow and compete. Um, we, we believe in independent fee-based advice delivered in local communities. We think that's to the advantage of the investors. Uh, we also think that, you know, more and more advisors, you know, uh, are valuing independence. And so we wanted to be able to serve those advisors. And if your goal is to meet advisors where they are and where they're going, which is one of the first pillar actually of Asimark's strategy, then you, know, you have to adjust accordingly. And just because we, we have a history of curated investment solutions and we really believe that that saves advisors time and effort, doesn't mean that we can you know, force advisors to come to us, we have to come to them. And uh, this is one way we're gonna do that. I'd like to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. The Invest in Others Foundation is running the Invest in Others Awards, which is a program that recognizes the charitable work of financial advisors in communities across the country and around the world. Awards are presented at their signature event, the annual Invest in Others Awards Gala. Over 600 advisors and financial services executives attend this premier event to celebrate those individuals that actively give back to their communities. I've gone to, I think the last three award galas, they had to cancel it for COVID and then they canceled it again last year, uh, 2021. Uh, it was normally in September, October timeframe, but hopefully they'll have it again this year. So there are five categories of awards that recognize, uh, recognize the distinct ways that advisors have made a difference through their work with a nonprofit. So the nominations deadline is April 1st. That's less than a month. Just go to investinothers.org and you can click on the nominate, uh, click here to nominate link and nominate an advisor. Um, if they win in one of the five categories, which are Catalyst Award, Community Service Award, Volunteer of the Year Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, and Emerging Impact Award. 
they can win, let's say, finalists in all categories receive $25,000 for their charity. The winners in the Catalyst Community Service, Next Gen, and Volunteer of the Year categories receive $50,000. The advisor who uh, receives the Lifetime Achievement Award receives $75,000. That's a lot of money for a charity, can really help. I've uh, been lucky enough to be on the, the nominated committee, the, no, the awards committee, the judging committee for a bunch of these different awards. It's really hard. These advisors do some great work, both local communities in the US, in South America, in Central America, in Africa, in Asia, across the world, uh, and right here at home. All kinds of great uh, stories, great charities that help people of all uh, ages, shapes, and sizes. You should uh, uh, nominate someone and also donate. Your company will probably match your donation, which provides twice the benefit. Please go to investinothers.org. Thanks. Vestmark owned Adhesion Wealth. Uh, they, the, before they bought them, Adhesion Wealth ran on the Vestmark platform already. So they were a customer of Vestmark, so it made sense to buy them. They don't need to change the back end. All right, so you're buying Adhesion Wealth now run, running on Vestmark. Do you talk a little about the, the, your relationship with Vestmark and did that have anything to do with that acquisition? Yeah, so we have a we have a relationship with Best Market Asset Asset Mark as well, and um, you know there's components of what Best Mark offers in terms of their incredible uh, trading and rebalancing engine that we already had planned to integrate into Asset Mark. Um, so Best Mark was already on our roadmap. Roadmap we already have a relationship with them. Um, as it relates to adhesion, they already, as you said, um, they've used Vestmark for years. They have a longstanding relationship with Vestmark. And so we, we believe that in working with adhesion, um, it'll only accelerate our move to Vestmark because they have you know, years and years of expertise uh, with a system that we'd already uh, planned on integrating. In, in addition to that, um, you know, adhesion is a service provider, much like Asimark is. Um, there's a lot of cultural um, alignment between AssetMark and Adhesion because all both firms only exist to help advisors succeed, only exist to help advisors um, serve clients. Um, so uh, we, we really believe that not only their experience with Vestmark, but also their um, cultural overlap with AssetMark is, is a winning combination. One, one of the, we have a lot of vendors who listen to our program and we work with the half our clients are firms like Asimark and Tamps and, and broker dealers or the half our clients are a fintech firm. So one thing we talk to them a lot about is buying decisions and why executives make decisions. Can you talk maybe one or two of the reasons why you saw Vestmark as a better solution than the, the outsource provider you have now for trading rebalancing? Yeah, so a couple things, um, you know, we have a great relationship with our current outsource provider. Um, and, you know, our plan is not to transition, you know, overnight from one to the other. Um, however, over, you know, we're an outsource provider too, and we expect our advisors to be evaluating us all the time and evaluating us based on their needs today, not their needs four years, four years ago, three years ago. And there were some gaps in the offering of our current provider as it relates to flexibility within accounts, flexibility within trading, um, you know, in a world that's moving towards more, um, you know, uh, 
enterprise-wide uh, trading decisions, whether it be block trading, model management, UMH, UMA, the type of flexibility, account flexibility and trading flexibility the system has become more and more important. Very big difference between a trading and rebalancing system for individual models and where the industry is going. And so we needed to make sure that we were going in the direction of the industry and in client needs uh, and, and in the direction of where, uh, where our client needs were going. And in order to do that for certain parts of our platform, you know, we needed to, to replatform. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. And you know, clearly, you don't have to do that all at once. In fact, if you do do it all at once, chances are you'll, you know, you'll shock your client relationships. Um, but you know, it, even if you have a great relationship with a provider that you've had a lot of great experience with, if they don't have the capabilities you need to move to the future, you, you need to move on in, in those parts of your offering. And that's what we're doing at Asimark. And again, you know, adhesion and Asimark, we need to change too. We, we need to be just as um, pragmatic and we need to be just as um, aggressive about our own platform. And we are. So we, we hold our, our providers to the same standards that we hold ourselves to. That is good to hear. And you made a couple of interesting comments there. So not an overnight transition. That's such a great statement because some firms we work with think, we'll just turn, turn one off and turn the other one on and we'll just yeah. work. Right. And we've, we've worked with some vendors, you know, We've worked with some mobile dealers converting from your current vendor to Vestmark. And it's there's nothing against your current vendor, nothing against Vestmark. It's just a big shift. It's a big lift. It's a huge undertaking because of the size of your business, because of the, the amount of uh, trading you do every day uh, and the number of people you have. It's not easy to shift that over to another platform, no matter how good it is or how bad the current one is. It still requires a lot of work, a lot of coordination among stakeholders, a lot of analysis reviewing your processes. We always say don't move bad processes to the new system. And so that's a good opportunity. So you're, you seem like you're, you're, you're in the right, uh, you're in the right mindset for this conversion. Yeah. You know, and I, I, the other thing I just want to say about this is it's tempting. It's tempting to port over your new processes, your old processes to your new systems, because your old processes have years and years of operational experience that go along with them. And so anytime you're transforming or replatforming, you have to have honest conversations about whether or not this process is necessary or familiar. And, um, and it's hard. And, and that's one of the reasons not to do it all at once. I mean, sometimes you have to do things all at once because, I don't know, because the system is aged or it's not scaling or, you know, uh, big, risk, um, big risk areas. But if you, if you are fortunate enough to have the flexibility and you're uh, fortunate enough that you're ahead of those risk areas, doing things in a thoughtful way can, can lead to better outcomes for you and for your clients. The other thing I'll say is even if change is awesome, even if there's nothing but benefits in terms of performance, accuracy, you know, client experience, process, even in those situations, change is extremely hard for users. Um, it, it, it means you need to relearn everything. And you know, if you've been using a system, and we're very fortunate to have 25-year-plus um, relationships with some of our clients, and if you're, you know, you, you've used a system um, over the course of 25-plus years, any change is hard. And so, you know, giving giving your clients the the time and the training that you would want to benefit from is extremely important. Absolutely. One thing we talk about a lot is, is we, we divide up user base, whether it's advisors or you know, you've got a number of different stakeholders. Your advisors are a stakeholder, their clients are stakeholders, your internal staff are stakeholders. 
And when we always divide it into thirds. There's always a third of the people that are gung-ho about the change. Yeah, we love it. We can't wait to get this going. There's another third that hate the change. We like the old system. Why are you changing? And there's a third that are on the fence. And you really need an internal marketing campaign to get those third on the fence over to your side. That way it's two against one. That way you can start chipping away at the, at the, the naysayers and move them over slowly. But we, we've found everyone's very good at marketing to their clients, like your advisors, telling them what the change is. But uh, internal marketing to your internal staff, saying, here's why we're doing this. Here's how it's going to help you. Here's what you need to do. It's also important. Yeah. And, you know, and your internal team, I mean, change is just as hard for them. They're, they're used to being an expert on the platform. I mean, they should be experts on the platform that they're selling or supporting. And if you change it, then overnight, they're no more expert than the, the folks that they're trying to serve. And so uh, taking the time to make sure that you allow them to build their expertise um, before you transition to clients is incredibly important. The other thing I'll just say is taking, taking the time with your early adopters or your tech savvy clients to build metrics that help you sell externally and internally, you know, so people are actually saying, oh my gosh, I save two hours a day because this is so much faster, or, or there's so much more flexibility built in the system. I can, I can do things with a couple clicks that used to take me, you know, an afternoon to do, or wow, I've got insights into my clients that help me, you know, win a new piece of business or capture share of wallet. You know, it, it, people are much more likely to change if there's hard benefits that uh, you can, um, you can refer them to. And then, uh, other clients that are your, um, you know, in many ways advocating for the solution that you've just put in place. And that just takes a little time. And then also, you know, having training be as fun and interactive and community building as possible, um, that also takes time. You know, put it, putting together venues where people can spend dedicated time with the new system um, and uh, get used to it is also extremely important. And look, you know, we all make mistakes. You know, there's no, there's no perfect transition. Um, you know, everyone, gosh, I wish it, I wish it was possible to be perfect every time. But uh, my, my experience is that if it's an honest mistake or um, you react quickly and, and change, uh, clients are, are very um, supportive. It's not how you, whether or not you're going to stumble, because there's always going to be issues, things you didn't know about, unforeseen errors or, or, or mistakes. It's how you recover how you respond to it that's Agreed. people are going to remember well you mentioned i was going to ask you for advice uh you have for other ceos cxos who are changing this size platform but you already gave a couple right you talked mm -hmm. about um uh building uh the the gathering the hard benefits so we, we call those the the use cases building the use cases uh for the early adopters to show the next group of, of people uh users coming on here's how it's going to help you that's a great uh, recommendation for other other firms. With so everyone's, we have a lot of clients we're working with now that are looking at the same kind of transition. And they're they're always looking for best practices how they can smooth things out. Do you have any other advice for when you're when you know it's time to change? Like you know, obviously you had some issues. You've been using your current provider for probably twenty years. And what? How do you know that that it's, it's going on too long? And hey, this is not working. We need to change. What? Uh, you know, two or two or three things. Um, one is features that are necessary for you to be competitive in the future aren't part of your provider's roadmap or capabilities. Um, you know, sometimes because of the way a system was built years and years ago, a particular change is more difficult for that system than it is for other systems. 
And it doesn't mean that that system isn't amazing and awesome. It just means that it was constructed in such a way that an entire replatforming is necessary for the system to meet the client need. And um, if, if you believe that those parts of the client experience are extremely important, and I, I mentioned you know, flexibility to customize, flexibility to, to, uh, to engage with client accounts in a cross-client way, um, I, you know, I talked about trading capabilities. You know, if you get to a situation where your provider is inhibiting your ability to serve client needs that you think are fundamental, well, then you need to, to change the provider you work with entirely or change the provider you work with for those components of your offering um, where those changes are necessary. So that's one thing. Second thing is if you see your provider not investing in the platform, it, even, even if you can't see any gaps now, if they haven't invested in the platform for a period of time, then you know it's not a priority for them. And if, if it's your system or fundamental to your system, gosh, you need to, you need to change. Um, because that means that over time, you're gonna drift away um, from competitiveness. And over time, you might just see in availability, productivity, um, performance, um, big, big gaps. Uh, and then the last thing I'll just say is um, if the provider's servicing of you changes, so they you know, pick, don't pick up the phone within seconds or they aren't responsive to your queries or you find yourself relying on three or four people within a broader firm, um, that, that's an indication that uh, something's up. Those are all good warning signs that firms should be looking out for. Excellent. Well, you know, Natalie, this time has gone by so quickly. I think we are out of time. Um, is there anything, um, can you tell people where they can find more information about AssetMark? Yeah, so you can find more information about AssetMark at AssetMark, A-S-S-E-T-M-A-R-K.com. Um, and at AssetMark.com, if you're interested in uh, speaking to uh, a salesperson or somebody you can learn more from, there's contact information there. And we'll make sure that someone follows up with you quickly. It's been fantastic. Now, thanks so much for taking time to speak to me. Thank you so much. It's really nice spending time with you, Craig. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Number one, Asimark is not a model supermarket. Don't call them that. At least they weren't before the recent acquisition of Adhesion Wealth. They're keeping Adhesion Wealth as a standalone service, those advisors who want a supermarket versus the curated approach that Asimark normally uses. Number two, Asimark is switching back uh, part of their backend platform over to Vestmark because their current platform wasn't flexible enough to meet the needs of their business as it has grown. Number three, one warning sign um, about when you want to change vendors or when you should know you should change vendors is when the vendor stops investing in their tech platform or doesn't invest enough to keep up with the market that's when you should start looking at alternatives. And as we discussed with uh, Natalie, changing out your portfolio rebalancing and trading platform is a huge undertaking. It requ requires extensive planning, lots of time and resources for implementation and, and a partner like Ezra Group Consulting, uh, my firm, is where you can help avoid making all those mistakes where we've seen your peers make those. So please give us a call, EzraGroupLLC.com. And that's it. You've reached the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Uh, please go to our website, as I mentioned before, EzraGroupLLC.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, analysis, links, updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks a lot for listening and talk to you all again next time. <music>